Hey guys, welcome back. We are on episode seven of the Tenfold Podcast. Yes, and today we are going to talk about how we try to save the planet. Yes. <laughs> In many different ways. I feel like this has been a really like big learning process for us yeah it's been huge and a long time in the making well we so we grew up in toronto canada like a concrete jungle Mm. gray buildings everywhere um and just not not much nature like pretty much never I remember, like, yeah, I used to think things were gross. Like, <laughs> you know, like I didn't like want to, like, bugs. bugs. And you, like, I never thought I was really an outdoorsy person. Like, I liked when we would go up to a cottage, maybe. But that's yeah, like the I'd love going swimming it. and I'd love tanning. But, but we I, never went camping. We were never really, like, doing any of that stuff. No. Mm. And I thought I was a thoroughly a city girl, too. Mm. Definitely. And then, yeah, and then we moved to Australia and had this whole kind of awakening. Mm. And realized, oh, maybe we do like to get up at 5 a.m. and like go jump in the ocean every day. Well, yeah, when you've got sunshine and you've got salt water and you have the sand between your toes, Mm. right? And you walk around barefoot on the grass, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, Actually, one of the things I remember, I listened to this podcast also like last Mm. year and they were talking about how we're the generation that is the most disconnected from nature nature and from earth and like basically from what well, makes us us yeah, right? i think so, they were saying some people just never even really touch like grass or soil yeah like, we have so many rubber plastic barriers between us well and like we've got our socks then yeah. we've got our shoes and our shoes have rubber soles and then we get in our cars and our cars have rubber mm. tires and so we're literally not connected to the earth no. like like when we were in canada i think maybe in the summer a couple of times i'd walk on the grass barefoot but aside from that i don't think i would have ever touched the ground yeah it's just crazy and you do get a charge from it too so anyways moving to australia and having that experience Mm. where we're just outdoors all the time and actually in bondi too i remember in the winter it would get so cold Mm. indoors because in australia they don't have heating or some people do but we didn't know and and, uh yeah you end up like having to go outside during the day to warm up which is such a foreign concept you're always like (laughs) huddling your apartment being like oh i can't get out of bed but then as soon as you go outside you're like oh it's way nicer out here and so you get this appreciation Mm. for going on hikes and like that fresh air and yeah just the magic of of the outdoors and i think it just made us a lot more conscious about nature and even just pollution like you know when you're little, you have a listening that are like, save the ocean. But it seems like such a distant thing when you yes. live in Toronto in the city. But when you're actually swimming in that ocean every day. Oh, like, for sure. Oh. Like I became one of those people and I still am now yeah. where if I am go for a swim, I always pick up if I see any litter or anything mm. like that, I pick it up. Um, and then I, even if I'm carrying like five beer bottles in my hand at like yeah. six in the morning, yeah. I'll pick them up off the beach and bring them in and put them in a the garbage. Yeah. Like, and it's really common here to have like group beach cleanups and like i feel like there is a yeah there was big, one today yeah. yeah there's a pretty big environmental movement here mm-hmm. so i think we just started to like hear more about that and be more aware and we start, start to feel like a it's bit of yours yeah. yeah and it's yours to protect and yours mm. to enjoy and and to take care of and that it the ocean needs yeah. you in that way so some of the things we've been doing to try and get mm. more connected is uh well, actually, the most interesting we did, thing we did in the last year was go and sign up for this permaculture course, which was a two-week course in the Noosa hinterland. And Noosa is just like a couple hours north of here. It's a warmer, even more laid back. 
part of Queensland. And we didn't really know that much about it, except Mm. for that we wanted to learn what permaculture was. And we thought it was going to be like learning how to grow our own garden, uh, grow organic produce. Actually, the main incentive was to... We wanted a balcony garden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to learn how to do that properly on our own. Because I tried a few times in Bondi super unsuccessfully and then kind of just gave up. You know, uh, I've had like some health issues and stuff in the past and I wanted to... Like, I can't afford to buy all of my groceries yeah. organic. So I wanted to feel like I could... Have some control. Yeah. Have what like you're putting in your body. Yeah. Exactly. And so this seemed like a way to do it. Mm. But um, we didn't really know what permaculture yeah. was. And I actually think, like, because when we talk to people about it after, nobody really no. knows. Like, <laughs> unless you're it's actually kind doing... of a buzzword that people think they should know. Or like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a cool thing to say. And people go, oh, yeah, 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 permaculture. And like, we do the same thing too. But now we actually know, which mm. is awesome. I think it'd be cool to kind of take everybody through like a short form version, yeah. of, I guess, of what we learned and stuff. And also what the course was like, because it was yeah, pretty. It was a very unique experience. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was an experience mm. for sure. So yeah, it was four or no, it was 12 days. Yeah. Um, up in the Noosa hinterland. I think there were 20 of us, like a group of 20. Yeah. And we, it was all very different people. Like I was the most corporate person there because yeah. I had an office <laughs> job, but there was a girl who was like a cir- circus performer. There was like a tradie. There was a There's a lot of tradies. Yeah. Yeah. There was just like a Actually, a lot of guys. I yeah. think there were six girls in total of the yeah. 20 and then the rest were guys and kind of, it wasn't all like hippy dippy people coming either it was a lot of people like us who just had gotten to a certain point and other people who had had like one of the guys his wife had had the same health problems that i'd had Mm -hmm. and so they were kind of on the same journey where they're like we need to yeah they just bought a big property yeah to start yeah and just start living their whole whole own organic Mm -hmm. life and yeah so everyone was there just to learn and to start actually most of the people there i feel like had just had purchased a property and wanted to implement everything on the property but tori and i were just there to figure out how to grow a garden (laughs) and that was about it (laughs) and that definitely we learned a little bit of that but we learned a whole lot of other stuff um so why don't we talk about the first day then when we got yeah. there? So we drove up and we like pulled into this property and it just looked like Jurassic Park in real life. It's beautiful, tropical, lush. Like yeah, it's called the Golden Gully and like the sun was shining. It and sparkling. looks like exactly <laughs> what you would think Golden Gully mm. looks like. Like just yeah, yeah. a very special place. Like if a dinosaur came out around the corner, <laughs> you would believe it. Uh, yeah, and so we, like we drove up down this like. Yeah, it was like a dirt road or whatever into the property and nothing was really labeled and we hadn't really gotten that many instructions no. before we got there. Like it was kind of all a bit hectic and we didn't know who was in charge. We had really no idea what to expect. Mm. And then I think we had to get out of the car and kind of just flag someone Yeah, down. flag someone down to come and talk to us and hope that they actually work there. Oh yeah, so they they had to show us where oh the campground. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things was we we weren't just at this Thing for 12 days we were camping yeah. for 12 days and <laughs> even though it's further north it was winter yeah, it was like there was dead winter snap. at the time and they said there was a cold snap so we brought basically everything that we had yeah. and it was good because it did end up being like almost two degrees yeah. or something i, think I wore night. like two 
layers of pants and like a scarf and a hat and <laughs> everything like, it would take like probably 10 yeah. minutes for me to get ready for bed and like the basically instead of just having a sleeping bag that i would get into i would also make myself a sleeping bag so <laughs> but like all the layers of like down feather vests and and like two hats and a scarf and just everything like to cocoon yourself to get ready to sleep yeah. but we did have i feel like the best sleep did. like out really in that fresh nice. crisp air mm. like up in a mountain yeah so basically we got there we didn't really know what we were doing we were given like a campsite to set yeah. up at no, <laughs> we were just scrambling around not sure when uh, when things were happening and, and then we found out we were late <laughs> um and then so they told us to come back down to where we had like entered yeah and take off our shoes and then just start walking through this forest right that was like on the right so took off our shoes and then it was cold it too was. at the time yeah. so the ground was cold didn't know we're what we're like, doing where do we put our stuff yeah we didn't, like, didn't, didn't know if we could phone. bring our stuff yeah. and there's already people like silently walking oh, yeah. around this forest yeah. with their shoes you kind up. of felt like you didn't know what you were doing because you're like oh everyone else is like so you just got to <laughs> do it too yeah. yeah and so thank god it wasn't like toronto alex from no. like 10 years ago <laughs> Feet I never feel like if it was ground. me from 10 years ago I would have like done an about face and like oh walked God, back to yeah. the car and been like no like um but yeah so we just we we jumped in walked around in barefoot mm. quiet just waiting for whatever was going to happen next and then we got called further into the woods yeah. and so we all walked single file not having met any of the other people that we were with mm. yet we came into this clearing in the middle of the woods and, and there's like a circle of logs to sit on yeah log stumps to sit on and there was this man in like a white button-up shirt with like a halo of like gray brown curly hair like like just wild everywhere yeah Yeah. and he was just sitting there and he was kind of wild a little bit off the chart and we're like what do we expect what's this guy saying because he was saying this isn't just about permaculture or what did you say the quote was oh permaculture is a revolution disguised as gardening. Yeah. <laughs> and so we he said that and we were like, okay. <laughs> we're I was like, are different. we joining a cult? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so we're all sitting around not knowing what to think. And then he's talking about this stuff. And yeah, all of a sudden, literally like out of nowhere, this tiny little girl in like a flowing dress mm. and blonde hair, like comes like out of the woods from a different direction <laughs> we don't know what she was doing and um she had yeah a lorikeet on her shoulder which is like a rainbow parody type bird. yeah like a tiny yeah. little parrot that was just like sitting there it was, like an was attached type, to her basically yeah. that was it and she came and sat on her dad's lap um ian the director mm. of the of the course and we were just like where are we yeah. <laughs> and also imagine the kind of life that girl would have to be just hanging out and playing in this forest with her with her More little bird feet. attached to her shoulder <laughs> um, it was a pretty magic moment and then what did we do we had like a getting to know each other yeah so you had to like introduce yourself to your partner and i think there were some like deep questions who are you what do you oh, want yeah. out of this so like but partner like they yeah. you had to turn to the person next to you yeah. or something and i and think then, you weren't allowed to speak while they were telling you their thing because you're supposed to let them just like tell oh, their story without interruption yeah yeah so it was like a very interesting exercise and then we had to repeat the story yeah. they told us to the group yeah. so you had to describe the person that you were partnered up with based on and what then, they told you yeah and that was so interesting because yeah, and what Ian was saying. So yeah. Ian, the founder of the course, he's also a psychologist, right? Mm, or psychiatrist yeah. or something One like that. Either, but yeah. so he, the, a lot of the exercises had that kind of a base to mm. them too. And then he was saying, yeah, often what people hear and then what they 
relay yeah. is very different. So it's really interesting to see what the person you talked to picked up on from what you said. Mm. But yeah, it was it was it a was, really it was a very intense start, and we were both like, oh, oh yeah. Well, we said before that Ian, I think, said if you change your mind within the first 24 hours and decide oh, this yeah. course isn't for you, then you can like get a full refund and just leave. And then Alex and I later were talking <laughs> and we were like, we both individually had like thought in our heads, maybe we, one of us can go home. And yeah, we're like, maybe just, we like, should save yeah. money and one of us should go home and one of us will stay. Because <laughs> we were both a bit like, mm, what have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah. And then, but the, actually, so this is the thing mm. though, and I've realized this now because I've done many courses yeah. by this point I've had many new experiences and, and things like that where I think I almost never feel completely comfortable no. right at the beginning the first part is always like uncomfortable and you feel a bit out of place or a bit lonely or a bit like and you just question yeah yeah it's just that like fear reaction I think usually Definitely. Where you're like mm, maybe this is not the best idea and then but from history yeah. and from these learned experiences I know that I've never regretted a single no, thing that I've that done. never lasts it's like never yeah the, and you've got to just see yeah. it through even if you're not feeling it at the mm. moment so we stayed both of us mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh we started the course yeah and it definitely was not a gardening oh. every day and getting down and dirty and it was actually like being in the classroom from nine to five and even longer most days and our classroom was actually like the porch of the main house yeah um and we were there like with each other and like the yeah the 20 people in the course for like eight hours a day just it learning. was intense like so intense um, i was having flashbacks to uni being like how did i ever stay in school for so long like, <laughs> yeah. i don't know how to be a student like <laughs> yeah no it was a lot i think we had a little bit of resentment at first i yeah. think actually a lot of people did because it wasn't it, exactly what they didn't really set any expectations to begin with so i think we all came in with this idea of like yeah we're gonna be outside and it was such a beautiful property too that we, it, it felt yeah like, we why wanted can't to explore we be it more it? and see it but we were learning a lot so a, a lot of yeah. things that really halfway through started to transform yeah, and we started to get the concepts it was a bit really of things at first where you were like am i learning anything like i can't tell like what's happening and yeah. then it, it's like slowly <laughs> like seeping in there and then you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah so i think why don't we go through yeah. seven main takeaways that we learned from the course and i think it will help anyone else who's interested in permaculture or just like it's about yeah the universe it it's is. about the earth it it's about like all of those things it's answered a lot of questions for us and that was pretty invaluable in itself mm -hmm. so the first one and this was like a huge this has been a huge question for me because i've i've like with my diet i've been vegetarian i've been mm. vegan i've been pescatarian i've been a meat eater I've tried like, everything i've yeah. tried everything right and that's also the same thing when you have health issues you kind of you need to try those mm. things just to see if anything will help and so they basically answered that question for us what is the best way to eat? Not for your body, but for the earth. Yeah. What is the best way to eat? Like, how are you going to help the earth the most? Is mm. vegan really the, the kindest way, yeah. the best way? And what we learned is that it's actually not anything <laughs> about <laughs> whether you're eating meat or not, or yeah. whether you're like any of those kinds of things. What's the important thing is how those things are grown. Mm. Where are the things that you're eating coming from? That kind of blew my mind too. And, and you really yeah. would think that a permaculture community that is all about gardening, mm. and I think they are vegetarian, yeah. would also be promoting vegetarianism yeah. at least. But for them, they said, honestly, the most important thing is where is it coming from? Yeah. And the where is it coming from should not be the grocery store, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and it's that whole thing that I, like, I've been hearing a lot um, mm. from the different things that I follow is 
you need to get it from the farmer from, from the, the source, source and you want to make sure that that farmer is growing things regenerative regenerative regeneratively um which is uh sustainably right so that's like no monocrops mm. right and that's like when you only are growing one thing like if you're only Constantly, growing corn yeah. or you're only growing that kind of thing because that it strips the soil of the nutrients and then it's like just not you're not getting the real nutrients you should be from that type of food yeah like, exactly yeah. so any kind of farming big agriculture yeah yeah it's oh. just a no-go and so it really is important to try and even honestly even if you're at the grocery store and you're getting organic that's yeah. doesn't mean that it's actually helping it, it might be better for you and for mm. your gut actually if, if you had health yeah. if you had health problems but if you're worried about the environment and trying to make a difference then you really need to start going to farmer's markets yeah. and or getting those like um, boxed food chairs or any of that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, yeah, for me, it was interesting because they were basically saying like, yeah, when you go to those big chain stores, you're not even getting real food. Like it's yes. not real food. And the biggest thing for me with actually like the reinforcement was when we started our own garden here and we tried our first tomato. And it, it was just crazy. Was like this yeah. crazy flavor burst in your mouth. And you're like, I haven't had a tomato like that from the grocery store. Like, ever like it just seems like I a bland eating tomato. yeah like not a real thing and it's true yeah well they talked about the vibration like the vibrational mm. essence of the things that you eat and how everything's yeah. made of energy and if you're getting something that was grown three months ago and then transported and, and not and sprayed in with and like not. a wax or like all of that kind of stuff you're just not getting the nutrients it's not it doesn't have a vibrational essence to it anymore mm. Uh, I think just in terms of like remembering like with being a vegan and vegetarian, what stuck with me was a lot of the time if you're getting that like veggies and stuff from the grocery store, they're still being farmed with manure from the meat farm where they're doing that. So like they're still, you're still touching that process, even if you think you're not. So it's like, that's not necessarily the way to go around it. Like if you're going more local and going to your local farmer, then you know what they're using and what they're doing when you, it's really about knowing the source because you can't. You don't know otherwise. And have making them accountable. Yeah. Like yeah. creating that kind of accountability for it, for sure. Mm. Also, if you're getting most of the veggies are monocrop that we're buying from the grocery store. And with that, they're like devoid of that nutrition and they make the soil devoid of nutrition too. So you end up hurting animals in the end yeah. anyways, because you're getting their uh, homes. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're ruining their yeah. homes basically. So yeah, that was really interesting. That kind of opened up my brain at the beginning. Definitely. Uh, number two. Oh, this is cool. Oh yeah, that one's a good stat. So basically what they told us was 80% of us humans eat 12 plants. We, we eat the same 12 plants and they're all kind of... It's like corn, wheat, mm. sugar, uh, corn, wheat, sugar cane, potato, rice, lettuce, and a couple more. <laughs> yeah, and they're all basically qualified as grass plants. And when we say grass plants, it means that they have really shallow roots. Mm. And when a plant has really shallow roots, like it's only getting that top, the it's only getting the nutrients from that top level of soil. And so even if you're eating a beautiful, like varied diet mm. of plants, if you're only eating plants from those grass type plants, yeah. then you're not actually getting all the minerals and nutrients that you need, mm. even if you're eating a, like a healthy varied yeah. diet which is really interesting so you need to also eat the plants that have like really long yeah. deep roots because you get even more nutrients and stuff the Definitely. further down you go and i think that all ties back into like the shopping at grocery stores in a way sometimes too because those are the most common ones because those are the biggest like monocrop ones that they're feeding us in the stores yeah so it's like you're just going along with that pattern oh definitely number three 
was oh okay yeah this is cool so mm-hmm. also <laughs> i've been studying and i feel like this is huge everywhere now people are yeah. talking about the gut microbiome and for those of you that don't know what that is it's the idea that your stomach is home to millions and millions of bacteria that all live there hopefully in harmony and when you're having stomach problems or skin problems or like any kind of health problems a lot of the time it means your gut microbiome is out of whack right so maybe you have a lot of the bad bacteria and not enough of the good one Mm. so that's when you start taking probiotics and prebiotics and you know filling yourself with all the different things to help support the growth of that good bacteria and keep your stomach a a beautiful healthy flourishing environment Mm. And what we learned was that soil also is its own gut microbiome and it needs all the same kind of things that our stomach needs. So you need to tend to that soil Mm. like it's alive. Just it's not it's still alive whether or not it has a plant in it. And to have healthy, beautiful soil, you need to huge thing figure out what its probiotics are (laughs) and all of that kind of stuff one of one of the stories that stuck with me on that was they told us there was this guy back in i don't know some time ago where he um had to study kind of the crops in india because they found that there they always had like a two to three percent higher yield there and when there was a drought it was an even higher like the difference was 20 to 30 percent so he was like what's the difference what are they doing and he realized the difference was that they would water the soil even when there wasn't anything growing in it yet and he was like why would you water soil if there's nothing but that's like what alex was just saying is that it the soil is alive and you have to feed it what it needs and everything needs water (laughs) yeah definitely And you want to grow it with different things too. So that's yeah. like when you monocrop, you're robbing it of other nutrients. Mm. You want to have a balance of all these yeah. different things to like populate it with all the yeah. goodness. And also like just with your gut microbiome, when you have a symptom, like if you have mm. acne or you've got a hives or stomach yeah. pains or whatever, that, that's a symptom. It's not the problem. It's a symptom of whatever's happening mm. in your gut. Um, in Australia, we have these things called bindies and mm. they're like, I think, we must have something like it's that in like Canada a burr, too. Isn't oh, it? burr, kind of, yeah, it's similar. It's like when they get stuck to your clothes and they hurt, thing. right? Yeah. And so they were telling us, though, when you have bindies like on the lawn or whatever, it's not a problem; it's a symptom. Mm. So it's a symptom of like the lawn telling you <laughs> that it's yeah. not happy, and so it's creating these bindies to protect itself, mm. and it's trying to protect itself because maybe it doesn't have enough water, yeah. or it's like yeah not not have enough nutrients or whatever it is so instead of like using pesticides and Mm. chemicals and stuff to solve that problem the same way that you wouldn't want to use nowadays um antibiotics and stuff to just heal your gut because that wouldn't actually do anything it's kind of like a hammer to a nail i mean a hammer to a (laughs) something something, like something is a big hammer to a tiny nail you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, so you want to figure out what the symptom is and then mm. you want to treat the symptom so, um, or find out what the root cause is and, and treat the root cause so yeah. that the symptom ev- evaporates or, yeah. or doesn't anymore. No, that one really stuck with me because I think we have such a culture of being like, fix the problem immediately, like, but you don't even realize what the problem is. Like you just, yeah, yeah, you don't realize that it's a symptom, yeah. not the actual problem. And the problem run- usually runs a lot deeper than that. Oh, okay. So the next one I really liked, which was about grass. <laughs> Let oh, the grass yeah. grow. So like we grew up in Toronto and everyone has these like manicured it's, lawns. Okay. So it is a big deal, yeah. right? To cut your grass. It's like huge. with our lawnmowers and like yeah. what kind of lawnmower you have and, and all that kind of stuff. And you like get paid when you're younger to do yeah. it. And you just want to have a really nice, beautiful lawn, right? Yeah. And, and that and feel of fresh cut grass mm-hmm. when you like lie down it and all of that kind of stuff. I, I don't think anyone grows their grass past 10 centimeters or something. You like would it's be not- outcast yeah. it if you did yeah. <laughs> you'd be shunned out of the out of 
like the suburbs if you did that but have you ever asked why (laughs) why do we cut our grass so what we learned was was that's just aesthetic why we do that there's no actual reason yeah Um, because they were actually telling us you should let your grass be at least 15 centimeters tall because when it's taller like that that's when it actually has room to like create more moisture overnight and then like nourish itself and when you cut it basically it's like as above so below so if you cut it like three inches above then you're actually going to shorten its roots by three inches below and we go back to the same thing where it's not going to get the same nutrients because the roots are shorter so it was just really interesting to realize we're just like constantly cutting our grass and kind of killing it (laughs) yeah and like each part of the grass blade serves a purpose Mm. right so like the top tip of the blade i think is like that's where the sun filters in through and then they all it also collects the condensation like after the night and then it feeds the middle of the blade and Mm. stuff which is what we end up seeing when we cut it right that thick green middle part you need that tip to like have the whole process happen from start Mm. to finish and have the whole cycle happen to feed the grass and then feed the soil yeah it makes so much sense when you hear it but you're like oh like why are we doing it's like if you cut off like your fingertip and then kept trying to pick stuff up and didn't understand why you couldn't pick stuff up you need the whole part but (laughs) (laughs) so we had a lot of guest speakers come in or guest teachers Mm. while we were there our favorite was phil Um, he's just such a legend Um, (laughs) such an interesting guy and Basically, he would go around to different farms. He's like a freelance farmer, yeah. Um, which I didn't know was a thing, but it's definitely like we met some other guys who mm. were doing that too. And so he went around to one guy's farm who had been experiencing a lot of drought and mm. uh, like the grass was kind of all gone and he had these pigs who weren't doing well. And Phil had said, okay, let you give me this like piece of land and yeah. I'll tend to it and tend to the pigs. And then, yeah, and then like you let me live yeah. on it for a while. So he went about doing this. And he went through his method, which was planting, I think it was like taro and sweet potato and like Mm. a lot of like easy root veggies. Yeah, he said they can grow pretty much anywhere. Yeah, they're they're like very hearty um, and just starchy and sugary and delicious for the pigs, right? (laughs) And yeah, and then he was rotating the pigs around so they weren't just staying in one place, but making sure like... He basically guided them throughout the property so they kind of like would roam over every part of it And made sure their like manure got in everywhere and they're like... They're spreading the nutrients. and stuff were like pushing everything down. And then when the farmer finally came back to check out the piece of land Mm. that he'd been lending to Phil, he was like, wait a minute. (laughs) And they showed us pictures of it because it went from being this like barren land with these sunken in unhappy pigs to the most lush, like babe, like, Like you know, like green, tall, like grass taller than the pigs. He obviously let his grass grow really tall. These pigs literally look, they're just like smiling, like (laughs) running through this grass. And the farmer said, well... You must have had some weird rain clouds come or yeah. something and just somehow think, water I your part of the land. Like some of the neighbors were suspicious that he was like stealing water somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like literally it was just letting the proper cycle of life yeah. happen. So letting, you know, the pigs roam free and do their yeah. thing and then like populate their manure into the soil mm. and then push the manure down. And then all of those things like happening together yeah. in tandem created this beautiful, perfect environment to take barren land yeah. basically and bring it back to life. I just love the way that he talked about also like raising his animals and how they just live this really happy life. And like that's kind of the type of 
meat you would want to eat if you're going to meet eat meat and exactly, he's yeah. part of this group of farmers or something I, I forget what the name of it is but he was basically saying they'll go out for their meetings and they don't eat meat at restaurants because they know and they're they're meat, they're meat eaters. eaters they're meat farmers and they, yeah they're and meat they farmers but when they go out they're vegetarian yeah because and they know the conditions that most meat at a restaurant would be yeah and again yeah. that was the thing that was taught to us really clearly yeah. was like know the source yeah know the source because yeah you want to you're when you eat something you're eating the vibration of that thing Mm. so if it's going to be meat do you want it to have lived a beautiful happy natural healthy life and if it's going to be plants you want them to also have lived a beautiful happy natural healthy life (laughs) no discrimination between the two Mm. and then number five Mm. yeah so that was maximizing resources and potential so that was also just like yeah seeing on the actual noosa forest street all the ways that they were using the land and different um of different things that they were teaching us to collect water and like use almost like use nature as it is and copy examples from nature to make yeah optimize and maximize so even if you were living in an arid dry place Mm. if you have tin roofs or if you put tin roofs onto onto your higher spaces and you collect the condensation and it creates that dew Mm. you can collect that dew and you can use that water like you can create water out of your property even if you don't have that much or we learned how to map out contours um, contours and also like the sun direction and when Mm. when it's coming at at which time of the year we use that to figure out how water is going to run through the property basically when you did have a heavy rainfall and how you can maximize that by by redirect it with yeah redirect it with swales (laughs) which is one of the big things we learned but we're not going to go into that (laughs) and like basically like changing where like yeah how how the ground yeah. went like maybe making some raised parts and lowering some other parts mm. to flow that water through properly so that you're feeding everything that needs to be fed yeah. and so you don't you know sometimes like at our house in canada we used to have that um like trench a, like yeah, at like the a, bottom of the yeah, driveway and it would like just fill up yeah. with disgusting muddy water. water that we'd always <laughs> fall into when we were kids yeah. but like that kind of a thing could be used for so much more than that right so it's like Definitely. maximize the things that you have right if you live in a cold place but you have one sunny wall that gets mm. like all this sun all the time like that's a little microclimate yeah. right there so even if you don't live in a warm place you might have a warm area, area. and you can use that to your advantage and same with if you live in a really hot dry place if you lifted up a rock you know how you always find like a wood bug or something and there's like that damp moist environment underneath that too is a little microclimate so you Mm. can foster those kinds of things and use them to your advantage basically and with like um food forests as well and like planting uh different plants they were telling us how you can do that strategically so if a certain plant needs shade you can plant a taller plant above it that will give it shade and then you can plant certain things that will like grow on the ground to protect the soil and there's all these different ways that it can intertwine can work in harmony yeah Yeah. because i think a lot like our parents were growing a maple tree Mm. out front and it took a lot of tries they did it a few times before it finally caught and i think it was like um maybe it didn't have enough shade at first or it didn't have whatever but what we learned is like you can use other plants to to create create those fake environments Mm. basically and that's kind of all they need to to flourish and get strong okay so even though we were just saying that you can kind of manipulate some things and be strategic about how you build everything in the end we learned that nature actually knows best so like if you look in a forest you can see all these amazing patterns all the intricate ways everything is interconnected 
And one of the things that Ian said a lot was there's intelligence in creation. And it's like, we should really just be copying the things that nature is doing a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. it's been around forever. It knows what it's doing. Um, He was saying in the forest, it can create 10 times more biomass than any sort of agricultural system we could ever make. So it's like, use that to your advantage. Yeah. And trust in that process. Also, they told us about the mycelium Mm. network which I told to my partner and he was like, oh yeah, that thing we learned in school. But I don't remember learning <laughs> don't that remember in school. <laughs> Anyways, it was new to me. And so it's this idea that like the forest and stuff, yeah, you see all the trees and hanging mm-hmm. out, doing the thing, but <laughs> there's this whole other thing going on underneath. And so all those roots, like they go down, like, and some of them go down so mm-hmm. deep, right? And they all kind of connect together in this beautiful it's basically like a Wi-Fi network. <laughs> I do yeah. like Wi-Fi network of tree roots, and they're just talking to each other all the time and helping each other out. And if a mother tree um, knows that, like the baby tree that lives underneath it mm. doesn't have enough water, it can feed that tree through its roots. Mm. So if there's one tree that's like not in the greatest place of the forest, and maybe it's not getting enough of the nutrients it needs, the other trees can give that yeah. tree what it needs. And so they're always talking. Like they really are yeah, actually it's talking like a to forest each other. is a village. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I just read this article. I posted on Tenfold, I think, a while ago. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right. But it was something about how they've realized that the trees in the rainforest are actually calling in the water from the oh, ocean. I they used to that. think that like it was like the opposite yeah. kind of thing, and like it, it would just depend. But they realized that the trees kind of send up some kind of. Oh, they like change. They kind of somehow create some sort of pressure system yeah. that ends up like drawing water to come from the ocean and create clouds that then That's feeds wild. them, which is just yeah, gets a little spooky. Yeah. And then the last big thing <laughs> that we learned that kind of sums it up for us: we can stress about the environment mm. and stress about what we're doing and stress about plastic and stress about all these things. But um, <laughs> what uh, Ian, the creator, his whole theory is. If you guys have heard of the J curve, it's mm. this idea that like all through the history of the earth, um, they say that events happen on this J curve, right? So it starts at the little part of the J and then goes all the way up to the top mm. and starts to get, get bigger and bigger in, in impact. And then there's a big bang, right? So it's like with the dinosaur age yeah, or with any of those I kinds see. of things. He calls it the orgasm. I think the orgasm yeah. curve. <laughs> so basically all of this stuff happens and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter and brighter. And then all of a sudden there's a big bang and it's like the earth orgasms and then it kind of resets itself yeah. and something new like happens. A new cycle. And he said, basically, if you look at the curve and you look at the chart and you're charting the data, that's what's been happening to us mm. lately. And so all of these things that are happening with climate change is the J curve happening and that yeah. we're basically just getting closer and closer to the earth's orgasm. So we need to watch out, but there's nothing that we can do to stop that. That's just the 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 history of nature. That's that's how it works. And in the end, we're just really worried about ourselves. Like the earth is going to go on. That was the big takeaway. He said, look, guys, the earth is going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to learn how to deal with the plastic. It's going to learn how to deal with all of the things that we've done to mess it up. Um, And it's going to deal with it the way that it knows how. But it just might mean that we're not there. Yeah, we might not survive it. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> but the earth will. So the earth is going to be okay. We might just not be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that made me feel a bit better, actually. I thought. Sometimes I think it can feel a bit overwhelming when you're like, how can I change this? How can I do this? But like, 
we know in the end what will happen, but we can do our part or whatever little part we can while we're here. And like, why not try and make the earth and a little bit better And almost the place? things that we're doing is, yeah. in a way, it's making the world better for us. For us yeah. Like, that's really what it is. Yeah. But almost, we don't have to worry about the earth. Like, mm. so those changes and stuff that we yeah. make is to keep us going, but the earth will be okay. Yeah. Okay. So what were your favorite things about permaculture camp? Which is what I'm going to call it. Okay. One uh, one thing I liked was just the fact that it felt like camp. A really rare experience to just be with like a group of 20 new people and be kind of stuck together and have to just like get to know people in that nice way. It was kind of a very safe environment and you felt like you were a kid again and you just felt great. Oh, and we like, also had, so all the food was catered as oh, well. Yeah. So we had, it was called the Green Gypsy Bus. Yeah. And it was like this old school bus that had been converted into a kitchen. Yeah. Um, and she got all of the produce and stuff from the garden right behind it. Yeah. She would do the cooey every time. And when you heard yeah. Tamika go cooey, then you knew that dinner, lunch or, lunch dinner or whatever was ready. And we'd go down and just have these like yummy, warm yeah. meals in the freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was just like, it felt like a nice little family that we created. And that was like really lovely. Yeah. Um, oh, I also loved, so Alex and I had this thing called oh, Gossip K. <laughs> we love Gossip K. And yeah, so we were in this new environment with new people and like we were both pretty big people watchers, I'd say. So yeah. it was just fun to like, every night we would go into our tent. Oh yeah, and then we'd like take like 10 minutes each yeah. to get ready and like <laughs> just warm up and bundle up with all of our stuff. And then basically go nose to nose because our tents were right beside everyone else's tents so we had to be like really quiet. As quiet as we could. <laughs> just like bundled up in our sleeping bags and we'd be like okay gossip cave commence and then we proceed to tell each other the most inane like things every observation that we, we could about people like, like their horoscope sign yeah. <laughs> like so and so looked at so and so like this <laughs> like so and so said that their birthday is yeah. blah 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 <laughs> Um, but it was just so much fun and like just so ridiculous. And yeah. then at the end, you're always like, Gossip Cave concluded. <laughs> and that was it. It was lovely. Um, Gossip it's Cave was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Gossip Cave was good. Um, oh, and then we did on one of the last nights, mm -hmm. us and like a few of the, the other guys from the group did this hike up the side of the mountain of the yeah. property and so it's all private property there's not like a carved out hike or anything no. and it's one of those things where we thought like oh are we actually allowed to do this maybe we'll get in trouble because we want to go up and camp out on yeah. the top right it's supposed to be the highest point in noosa mm. in all of noosa so we didn't know if we like should tell anyone and then i remember we ran into one of the Phil like or, yeah, yeah and we're like oh yeah we thought, felt like we'd gotten caught like and we we're gonna <laughs> get in trouble and then he was just like oh awesome like how Great fun idea. yeah go up there so we're like okay so then we did this trek and it was i think it was like one of the steepest things yeah, i've ever it done it was really steep and it was just in the dark we had like headlights on but yeah pitch dark it's kind of one of those things you're just like okay just keep going just keep going it was a little bit flare witchy <laughs> yeah. um, but there was a bunch of us and then we finally got to the top and made a fire mm. and didn't know if we were going to last through the night because it was yeah. so cold and windy up there too and we but brought marshmallows of course oh yeah we brought marshmallows <laughs> that was definitely worth it and then yeah and then we woke up early and watched the sunrise and it was just beautiful yeah it was so worth it 
and basically slid down the side of the yeah. hill <laughs> to get back because it was just yeah. insane. It's also one of those things where when you're going down in the daylight, you're like, how, how? did we even do this last <laughs> night? Like it was, yeah, if we had been able to actually see it, I don't think we would have finished no. it. But yeah, that was a pretty, was really cool. pretty epic thing. And then what I else? also, I just love the campfires. Like we had a campfire every night oh, before we went great. to bed. So like mm-hmm. after class was done, after dinner, we'd always go up and there'd be some people around the campfire. And it was just... I haven't been around a campfire in years and years and I forgot the like magic of just staring into the flames and like especially because it was a cold snap just like warming up before you lulls everyone into a certain like a certain calm mood yeah there's something yeah there's something really potent about that uh and one of the most special things I think that Mm. happened was was it the very last night? It was the very last night. We found out that we had to do a talent show. Yeah. It was like a weird rumor that we were like, is that really happening? Because like, like you hear ridiculous. murmurs of it. Like everyone has to do a five minute performance. We were like, what? Like, like oh, God. who would ever? Yeah. yeah. We just, and a lot of people were filled with dread. Yeah, like, how is like, this going to happen? Um, and we'd, we'd also actually, sorry, part of the course, we all had to finish these big presentations. Mm. We had big projects and groups to work yeah. on. Um, and so we had all p- kind of presented those like that yeah. last day. And then we found out that the talent show was indeed real <laughs> and we'd all need to perform something. I feel like because of the journey that we've been on the last few yeah. years, we were actually okay. Yeah. Whereas I literally would have died. I, if this was, I like, probably would have like faked sickness years ago. and been like, oh, oh I can't do it. In the car and drove home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we did it. And um, I did this um, Reiki it's oh, like yeah, a Reiki exercise. energy yeah. kind of shaking off exercise called chopping onions that my Reiki master taught me. Um, it's really fun. And it's like yeah, kind of like good. um like you do the hokey pokey and yeah. you try, I feel like in a weird it way. Is. Right. So it was like the owners and their kids and like just all yeah. these people. And do we have we didn't have a fire going, I think. But no. we all sat around the mango tree yeah. in the dark and then had to do this. And I think people shone like a light on you or yeah. something. And then you had to stand under the spotlight and then look out basically into darkness <laughs> perform <laughs> so <laughs> it was epic though they had like we had someone do fire twirling we yeah had people singing we had people like reading poetry and people and, yeah would write or someone read like a, a journal entry yeah. like people really opened up and it, it wasn't did. like all these people would just normally have done that no. but by the end of two weeks which is a long yeah. time when you're camping out and really kind of going through the trenches with mm. people you build trust and like yeah comfort in a really nice and way. there was just something really really beautiful about that yeah. night and really special and then we had our graduation ceremony the next day yes. it was just so sweet and then we didn't want to leave no. and like when you think about the first day where we both weren't yeah. even sure if we should stay to the last day where i just felt like i wanted to live outdoors in a tent for the rest of my life i know i told you that it felt like when i went to camp when i was like 10 years old and i remember getting dropped off and crying when our mom left me like i don't want to be here and then by the time she came back two weeks later i cried because i didn't want to leave and like it was the same same sort of actually also so we were drinking well water the whole time Mm. and my skin had never been better yeah like and we weren't even eating like the food was uh it's, it was vegetarian I think. Yeah. and so the produce and stuff was all fresh yeah. from the garden but we lovely. were eating like pasta and yeah. potatoes and like all this kind of stuff so yeah and and we were just in great in like great felt shape. fresh yeah. felt alive felt so yeah. energized it was also funny because obviously we moved from bondi down to gold coast and we're like yeah we've moved to like a quieter life and like more nature right on the beach now and then we went to the retreat and we were like oh this is nature (laughs) this is the real deal i remember when we drove back to the gold coast and we were like 
Oh, so mm. we actually just live in a mini city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we love where we live. We do. And that course and like the people, um, Ian, like they really hold mm. a special, like a special place in our heart. Yeah. It was really it's just, just transformative. Like I feel like I'm still sometimes processing some of that. Yeah. Like, oh. And I think it's a great experience for anyone to go to because yeah. it really isn't, it's not as specific as you would think. No. Like you learn a lot about a lot of it was almost philosophy and like yeah. life lessons and like thinking how to think in a different way and almost to question things yeah in a, in a really good way well what was one of the things that you know said was the the opposite is always true yeah yeah if you think one thing just all you always have to yeah. explore the other the complete opposite version yeah. of it too before you make a decision yeah i'm just so glad that we did Me that too. and Me that too. we went on that crazy <laughs> adventure and i would love to go back and oh, just like 100 percent camp out again yeah. for a little bit um we miss our tent but yeah and then i guess let's talk about how we because when we left we were like how do we continue this feeling mm. how do we continue the things that we learned in our lives now and try and do our part yeah so there's a lot of things that we do day to day like little things it's not it doesn't have to be perfect or like so this is the yeah. thing too tori and i even though we like love yoga and reiki and all this stuff i wouldn't consider us hippies right no. or um <laughs> We're not, we're definitely still like one foot in each zone, I guess. Mm. And when I like, I have some friends and stuff I follow on Instagram and they're just like all about sustainability, all about all these things, which is amazing. And I look up to it, but I also feel, feel intimidated by it yeah. and feel like it's like you have it's to do not it reachable. It's not something that yeah. I can do, right. Or that I'll ever get to. And that I, it's the same thing as if you were doing a diet and you're yeah. like, oh, I can't live up. Like I'm going to cheat. I'm going to yeah. like whatever. Um, so the kinds of things that we're doing are it's kind of been step by step mm. it's like the same thing as if you want to cut a bad food group yeah. out of you you kind of try and crowd it out with the good food so we've been gentle on ourselves mm-hmm. i guess and taking small steps and then seeing those steps um make bigger and bigger impact yeah so one of the big things was when we moved here we bought instead of buying all new things mm. we bought most of our stuff on Facebook Marketplace and through like the Salvation Army yeah. or Vinnie's or like any of the op shops. It Not, saved us so much money. Yeah, first it saved us so much money. <laughs> we, our place looks beautiful. All of our stuff is like in amazing condition. Uh, you would never know. Mm. And we also realized that it saved us on packaging. Yeah. And so the one thing that we did buy was our couch. Yeah. We bought our sofa because we needed it to be flat packed to bring it in because yeah. we couldn't actually bring it up the stairs or, or through, through an the elevator. elevator. Yeah. So that's why we actually bought a sofa new. And then when we had to unwrap that sofa, the amount of packaging that comes with it it was crazy from one thing yeah. and we were like imagine if we'd bought everything new here like imagine how much it was plastic like and styrofoam so much and all of that stuff cardboard too that we just like left it in our apartment for like a month because you're like oh it's gonna take too much time to bring it downstairs and that was one couch we bribed our friend chris when yeah. he stayed over he came up to visit um one of the things he asked if he could do anything and we were like can you just cut up the cardboard <laughs> i think he spent like half an hour yeah. looking like a ninja like getting <laughs> but yeah i actually think that was a really big turning point for us in some ways to realize like oh like that was such an easy way and a good way to like yeah so it's avoid waste good for everyone yeah. right you help other people avoid waste you get a better price for yeah. yourself and yeah you're doing your part so with not really any compromise mm-hmm. so that's like one big thing that we do now um, the other one is like I'm trying. I just don't really buy clothes as much anymore yeah. unless I really need them. And that's huge for you, you especially. I feel like. Oh my god! Sh- I had like a shopping crazy mall. That online, was like a like fashionista. Yeah. I used to like have Prada, have like yeah. Prince of Schaller, like everything. So 
um it's been a big change think, yeah yeah especially probably because we've moved a lot and done that like you kind of start minimizing the stuff that you have well, and, and realizing then, what you actually yeah, wear because you don't, don't wear. even like anytime you go on vacation i feel like you kind of forget what other clothes you even had oh, I just wear like, the same oh. thing over and over yeah and, and then you realize you don't outfit. actually like need all of it so yeah we um, try and if we do buy it like we just went to like a clothing swap the other night where you brought like three pieces of your own clothing and then you could get three pieces from someone else and it was yeah. such a like we nice, didn't actually really get any we got a couple <laughs> but things, we got rid of it's lots a of nice idea it's true it was a good idea and then like you just have to try that stuff right and like see what's going on some of the other things we do like now i barely ever i think i don't even know the last time i bought a plastic water bottle Mm, like i just use my water bottle all the time and i remember originally i didn't think that was something i'd be able to do yeah like a long time ago but it has just been a slow process and now it feels weird it would feel really weird to to just buy one yeah well Um, and because we drink spring water now that's another thing we oh yeah we buy water from spring because water bottled bottled water is a lot of the time not even like yeah it's not like even good water that's what Anyways. it is and then grocery wise we do try and use like reusable bags when we can obviously we still use plastic bags for our bins and, and we for do garbage. still shop at yeah. Coles and woolies yeah. and all those places we're not perfect no we're not but we are conscious of what we're doing mm-hmm. and we try to do like i go every saturday to the farmer's market yeah. and i try and buy what i can organic and try and buy from small stalls and all of that kind of stuff so it's just a process of like slowly switching over and knowing that you're doing the best you can do in little bits and it keeps getting better and better and just like with the water bottle eventually i'm hoping that i will only be (laughs) buying everything from the farmer's market and from my own garden and i'll figure that out but i'm yeah i'm just trying to do what i can in the way that best suits right now and um, I feel like we just keep adding little things to it slowly as we can. So it doesn't feel daunting in the same way. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the big one, and this is the last yes. one, is that we've started our own garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got some tomatoes going. We've got kale. We've, we've got, got chili lettuce. Pepper, chili pepper. Some lime. stevia, if anyone likes to sweet <laughs> stuff with stevia leaves. Um, and we've got a passion fruit plant, just too. It's just wild. like wild, but hasn't yeah. grown any passion fruit yet. <laughs> but we've gotten tomatoes out of it. Our kale looks amazing. Yeah, it's just really exciting to have. And to help like all of these things grow, mm. the other thing that we've done is we've gotten a worm compost. Yes. It's on so, our Instagram stories. Yeah. Want to check out? <laughs> We're very excited about the worm compost. It's basically the pets that we have right now. Yeah. So you buy like a worm. You can make your own, yeah. but we just didn't buy have a, a bag of stuff. worms. Which so that is, really is weird. something that we went and bought was a worm farm. Yeah. And it's basically like three bins on top of each other and you put this soil in but yeah Mm. just go see our stories to see how it's done that's actually been the best way for me to get in touch with the idea of how soil works and i've seen as the worms have gotten bigger and and grown and they eat Mm. all of our compost and it's interesting to see which compost they eat more and like get to know yeah and like you have to balance like the microbiome of the soil right with the different types of food you can't just throw the same Mm. thing in and that's it but you see the soil change like the the density and the nutrients Mm. of the soil change and now it's like this really rich like beautiful yeah and uh, so we take that soil and then we put it on our plants and our veggies and we make our garden grow just grow beautifully that's wonderful okay i think that's kind of it that's what we've been doing so those are our tips on how to save the planet and the kinds Mm -hmm. of things that you can do to help the earth and if you're thinking of going to the permaculture course if you're in australia i 100 percent recommend it i think they have a new one they don't do it that often no i think they do it a few Um, times a year but yeah it's really and they have them all over the world too yeah wherever you are 
definitely check them out. And if you are doing anything that we haven't mentioned, let us know because I'm curious to see what Me everyone too. else does. So if you want to stay tuned, we've got the woo-woo part of the podcast oh, yeah. coming up. Yeah. Oh, wait, but we have one quote to end the night. And this is one of the things that they told us in the permaculture course, which was beautiful because they are people living out their dreams and living tenfold. And the quote that they gave us was, follow your blisters to follow your bliss. And the idea is that like your success and all the good things come from the pain or your experiences, mm. the things that you learn. Yeah. So go forth and do good. <laughs> okay. So now okay. it's time for the woo-woo part. Or gossip game. Yeah. <laughs> so like last time we've pulled a card, but this time we're going to read you the little description of it. So the card for this week is time to move on. It's a beautiful picture of maybe a mermaid or some dark haired beauty dancing in the (laughs) waves so here's what it says it's time to let go of the old and worn out so that the new can come in by drawing this card you're alerted to the fact that you need to make room for the new by letting go of the old first let go emotionally and intellectually in other words quit or say goodbye in your mind and heart once you do this the physical letting go will happen naturally in a peaceful and harmonious way Ask heaven to help you make this transition and don't plan, scheme, or worry about how your letting go or replacement will occur. Put all of your energy into prayer and faith and leave the rest up to infinite spirit. You'll get definite guidance whenever it's the right moment to take action. Until then, stay lovingly detached from your old situation. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Hopefully that resonates with some of you. How have you felt this week has been? I felt... I think what we were saying earlier about the butterflies. So the butterflies oh. were crazy today, but throughout the week, I think earlier in the week, I saw like I was driving to work and there were just yellow butterflies everywhere. And every day there's just been different butterflies. And even yeah. when I was playing volleyball yesterday, they were like part of the volleyball game. And I always associate butterflies with Baca, our grandmother. Me too. I yeah. thought that was so I've my been bike. thinking yeah. about that a lot. And like, I think for me, I'm just taking it as a really positive sign that like we're on the right path. Almost like it's just feels like change to metamorphosis. Yeah, it's just been. I think it's definitely a symbol for something, but like a good symbol. So well, and been, also summer ending, fall yeah, beginning. Yeah. So it's just it's giving me some comfort. I've liked that. Yeah. What about you? Um, I've had. I feel like an up and down week. It's mm. like been pretty emotional. I feel like it's been really full on intense. Yeah, it's mm. been really intense, but um, I went to I went for like a big hike yesterday mm. with my partner to the rainforest uh, to Tambourine Mountain here, and it's like actually my favorite's like Lamington Park or and then we have also Springbrook mm. Spring yeah Springfield Springbrook. Springbrook um but Tambourine is like a lot smaller and stuff, but they have this one small circuit that doesn't take long to do, but it's the rainforest is so old mm. and dense and just gorgeous like you really are transported back in time as soon as you walk in and there weren't that many people there that day which was so nice and part of it because it's the water we've had a lot of rain mm. like over the last month so the waterfalls are gushing now and just yeah it was like really special and um one part you have to actually cross like this river that wasn't a river before <laughs> to get through so it was so fun because we had to keep taking off our shoes and like just getting in it and, like this beautiful cold spring water mm-hmm. and at one point i saw this other guy doing it that we passed and i was like i'm gonna do it too and so i like took off my shoes and then just walked like most of the path barefoot and you just mm-hmm. feel like cold like damp mud yeah. beneath you but it just yeah it was so nice Healing. it was so good and so mm-hmm. i'd been feeling really frazzled and then 
Oh, and then when we were driving back, because you're so high up on the mountain, yeah. the sunset, there's this viewpoint, mm. and all these people had stopped and started, and, like, brought out picnics and, like, oh. the other thing, and just watching this amazing, like, epic sunset going. And when you have those kinds of experiences, it really does just flush everything else mm. away. And it just clears your mind. And, yeah, it was perfect. It was a perfect That's end. That's beautiful. So it makes me feel fresh for this yeah. next week ahead and excited. Yay. <laughs> Okay, let's okay. do our mantra. Okay. Om Asatoma Sakamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Mitchorma Amitangamaya Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Rechorma Amitam Gamaya Om Asatoma Sat Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Mechorma Amitam Gamaya Namaste. Namaste. Good night, guys. Bye. Thanks.